All right, everyone. We are on day five of the Resource Insider podcast, quarantined edition. I am still locked in my apartment here in Vancouver, so I'm going to uh, ceremoniously mark another day off of my prison tally. Um, today, we are sitting down with none other than Ross Beatty, the now executive chairman of Equinox Gold, the chairman of Pan America Silver, and with many other companies to his name. Uh, you're all probably familiar with him. We've had him on the podcast before, and we're going to talk today about two things primarily, what it's like to operate an operating uh, producing mining company today and Ross's views on gold. So Ross, thanks for taking a few minutes out of your day and sitting down with us. Pleasure. So you're known for a lot of things, investor, CEO, entrepreneur. I actually think perhaps your most intelligent move is finally coming to fruition and that's deciding to live on an island <laughs> well it's not finally i've been here for many years i've been here for yeah. oh, 25 years i guess yeah um but that's a good place to be at a time like this and are you are you holed up at home now for the time being and and quarantining yourself yeah it's a pretty nice place to be quarantined so i'm not suffering too much i have a big we have a big garden we have chickens that keep bees and uh, we're pretty much self-sufficient. I have a freezer full of salmon I caught last summer and uh, you know we could go here for, for weeks and weeks I think just off the grid completely so I'm one of the lucky ones uh, to be able to do that. Having said that it's pretty weird feeling to be completely shut off and uh, and uh, not able to really go anywhere. That's a that's a very odd situation. Well, it's it's a strange time, and you know, as I look out my window, Vancouver seems to be operating pretty much as normal. People are walking the streets, cars are driving around. But earlier today, I was talking to a friend of mine that lives in Barcelona, and he was saying that his wife went out to grab flour the other day from the grocery store, and there is a cop stationed on the street every 500 meters, and in Barcelona, they've given out something like 11,000 tickets for being on the street in the last week or so. And they're, they're, they're really cramping down. Do you think we're going to see that here in Canada? I mean, I'm asking you to speculate, but I, I wonder if that's what's coming down the pipeline over the coming weeks. Yeah, no, I don't think we will. Uh, I mean, the problem with Europe is they just kind of missed the, the window to, 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 to nail this thing. And, uh, they didn't clap down hard enough, quickly enough. And so they're doing that now after they've gone through this huge curve, exponential curve. Um, I fear the same thing is going to happen in the United States, quite frankly. I don't think they're taking it seriously right now, but I think Canada is. And uh, where you see countries that have done this lockdown, uh, quite frankly, Wuhan and Hubei uh, province did it. Singapore did it. South Korea did it. Uh, you're seeing just a total flattening of the curve and actually a dropping of the curve down to almost, well, yesterday China reported no incidents. So, you know, we know what to do. Uh, we just have to go and do it. And it's very difficult, uh, but uh, it takes a tremendous amount of national discipline. Uh, some places can do that and some places cannot. And I, I fear more for the U.S. than anywhere. I think I don't think they have that discipline. Yeah. And I, I read recently, I think that San Francisco is pretty much on lockdown as well, enforced lockdown. But it makes you wonder how a place like New York or, or Boston or some of these more densely populated cities are going to fare, but I guess we'll see. We'll see. Um, so what I wanted to talk to you about today and what, what I think you have a really unique perspective on uh, with respect to a lot of the guests we've had over the last week is what is it like to run an operating producing mining company 
in these times. You know, you're the chairman of a silver company, you're the chairman of a gold company, you've got assets all over the world, uh, particularly the Americas. What, what are some of the challenges you guys are facing and how are you addressing this? Yeah, we, in between the two companies, we now have 17 operating mines, uh, silver mines and gold mines, uh, really throughout the Americas, Canada, the United States, Mexico, all the way down to the bottom of Argentina. So we see what different reactions different countries have. Um, and it's quite, uh, it's, it's all over the map. Uh, you have Canada and the United States, our mines are operating pretty much normally. Uh, Mexico, very much normally. I'm amazed that Mexico hasn't, uh, hasn't had more incidents of, of the COVID-19 virus. Uh, it's, it's quite interesting to see, you know, that, that situation compared to, say, uh, Peru, which is on absolute lockdown. They've closed all the mines, they've closed the roads, there's police in every corner, you can't go out. I mean, it's just shut down. Uh, and then countries in the middle, like, like uh, Ecuador and, and Chile, uh, Argentina just today uh, or last night, uh, the government decree said no, you know, no, no businesses operating, no mines operating. Uh, we're going to have to shut down our Argentine mine uh, today, and and uh, so it's 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 all over the map, and and I guess we'll see what impact this will have. But certainly, the safe thing is to shut things down. That's the that's the most certain way of stemming this crisis for each country. Uh, we'll see what happens in Mexico, Brazil kind of uh, half shut down and half, half going. So, uh, you know, it may well be that the COVID virus temperature sensitive and isn't going to freeze like that as much. We'll, we'll see, but I, I have countries that are really closed down and, and, and so uh, this is such an unprecedented situation that, that really uh, nobody knows what's going to happen until, you know, after the fact. Two or three months from now, we'll do a postmortem and we'll all have all the answers. But today, we just don't have all the answers. So with that level of uncertainty, what are the steps that Equinox or Pan America are taking uh, to protect employees, to maintain supply chains as best as possible, to get access to, you know, things like consumables that mines rely on to operate or even to be on care and maintenance sometimes? What, uh, what are the steps you guys are taking to address, I guess, the known knowns and then also the unknown unknowns, which there are many at this point? Sure. You know, you just do the best you can. Uh, the Equinox team specifically is an interesting team because they all went through the, the Ebola crisis. Uh, they had mines in West Africa from the Endeavor Mining Group. A lot of the team uh, comes from that group. Even even the Leogold team, Neil Woodyard was the CEO of of, uh, of Endeavor, and they had operations a lot in, in Africa, which were affected by Ebola. So they went through that crisis, and they, have, they developed uh, mechanisms and procedures to follow that they're basically implementing a gain in this crisis at the Equinox mines throughout the portfolio, six mines, Brazil, Mexico, and uh, California. So that's on the health and safety side of the workers. And so far there have been no incidents of COVID uh, amongst any of the staff. Um, operations are running as normal, um, but they're watching it very carefully. And of course they're looking at the supply chain. Where do they get their supplies from? Uh, are there alternatives? What if ports shut down? Again, you know, you have contingencies for things that might happen, but you just hope they're not going to be implemented. And so far, they haven't needed to be. 
Now, Pan American is a slightly different story because uh, of Pan American's 11 mines. We now have uh, the foreign crews shut down by government decree. Uh, Mex uh, Argentina is going to shut down today. There's two mines there. And uh, Mexico is a big profit center for the company. Uh, it's still running as normal. Bolivia is running as normal. Uh, so it's being affected a little bit more. Uh, even, even in that sense, there's a bit of a silver lining because Pan American's two mi four mines in Peru, two are sort of silver lead zinc copper mines that aren't really making much money anyway right now. So if they shut them down, it's not a huge hit to, you know, given where metal prices have gone in the last few weeks. Uh, and then the other two mines are big heap leach gold mines. And so if you shut the mine down, you, you still leach and you still produce a lot of gold. So our revenues are actually better than normal. Net revenue is better than normal because we don't have operating costs. So it's, it's pretty profitable. And, and uh, for the time being, you know, there's no real impact to the bottom line. So you just plan, you try to manage as best you can. You make sure you have lots of communications. You're talking to the whole team. They're talking to all their reports. You're really going top to bottom through the company. You're having, you know, all the normal things you've got to do. You've got to have good sanitation, you know, wash your hands, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and, and, and everybody's educating and, and training and working with the whole teams in, in, in both companies. I mean, every company, I think, in the planet is doing that right now. This is not rocket science. So on that note, a lot of the people that I talk to uh, on a daily basis, they're looking at potentially deploying capital into the gold, into the mining space right now. They're looking at buying stocks, buying equities. And, you know, part of them are figuring, trying to figure out, okay, when do I do that? Is now the time to do it? Is it a week or six weeks from now? But the other thing they're looking at is who do we focus on? Uh, what are we buying right now? Um, with respect to producers, uh, particularly, or you know what, any kind of company, what do you think the attributes of a company that is a good buy right now has? I mean, under the understanding that even the producers are at risk of going into care and maintenance and all this, what should investors be looking at before they consider buying, buying a Pan Am, buying an Equinox, buying a Silver Wheaton, whatever it might be? <clears throat> well, the first thing you have to do is you have to analyze what commodity that company is involved with. Is it copper, iron, ore, coal? You know, what is it? Um, because every commodity is going to be differently affected in this particular crisis. It's particularly interesting right now because you have both demand erosion. People just aren't consuming things. So obviously you're not using as much copper or steel or anything else. But you've also got some supply erosion as well. Companies are closing mines. Peru, a lot of the copper production is shut down. Chile is beginning to shut down. Uh, you have metal prices that are so low that nobody wants to continue with expansions or increased production for the time being. That's probably going to return. But for now, you have both supply and demand declines and that's going to balance the market more quickly than it would be in another situation where the mines weren't shutting down. You also have a situation today where Europe is closed. In North America is closing, particularly the US, but China is ramping up again. And this was very different than, than happened say in the financial crisis where for six months from September through to the following end of March, you know, pretty much everything was shut down. And then finally, when things got going again, they really got going again fast. I mean, it was just an unbelievable uh, recovery. 
Uh, I see that happening here, but it may actually be buffered by the fact that China is kind of getting back to business right now, and they are so dominant in the metals equation these days. They, you know, they consume half of the world's base metals, half of the world's iron ore, coal, all that kind of stuff. They're just the 900-pound gorilla in the commodity game. So those are those metals. There's a fairly uncertain future for those metals, but right now, quite frankly, it's not it's not very good. And it may not be very good for a few months, and then it should be. It should be. It should have a nice fast recovery. On the other hand, gold and silver—that's you know completely different fundamentals, completely different metals. You know, silver is buffered by the fact that it's a industrial metal as well as being a precious metal. So silver is not going to have quite the same recovery capacity that say gold has. But I, I just don't think there's a better metal to be in right now than gold. Um, it's it's uh, it's the price today, even though it's been sold off to some degree, not as badly as all other metals, but it's been sold off a little bit, but it's still pretty good. You know, most companies are making a ton of money at $1,500 an ounce, particularly if they're producing in a, in a Brazil or a Mexico or a Canada, because the currencies in those countries have collapsed. The oil price has collapsed. And those two massive cost factors, when you're producing in US dollars, and your costs uh, for, for labor and so on and, and local supplies are in local currencies, you know, your margins are just better and better. So the profitability of the gold mining industry right now, everywhere, including in the US, is almost unprecedented. And that's at today's price. Well, today's price has has been sold from the from the high. The high was 1650 or something like that. So it's back down to 1490 or 1500 this morning. But that sell-off happened in the context of a sell-off of everything. Just get me out of everything, get me into cash, put me in the U.S. Yeah. dollar, and I can breathe. Or if you had debt and you had margin and you were having margin calls, even if you didn't want to do it, the banks did. And, and everything you had was sold off. So in, this, in the last few weeks, it's been this, you know, sell everything. And, and, and gold is super liquid, very easy to sell, gold stocks were contaminated by the sell every stock under the sun. So the stocks have come down heavily, very heavily. And yet the fundamentals of the business are fabulous. And the potential for gold and silver to jump. I don't think I've ever seen a time in my career where the fundamentals weren't as good as they are today for gold. And they're better with every single passing day. Every day that I hear a new announcement of a few hundred billion here or a trillion there in stimulus, that all that's going to do is devalue the, the, the paper that these com the countries are printing. That should be very, very good for gold. I wouldn't see be surprised at all to see gold shoot through $2,000 literally in the next six months. Yeah. And I, you know, I was talking about that with someone yesterday that, you know, gold bugs have been saying that gold's going to $3,000, $5,000, what have you. I think, yeah. If there was ever a time to test that thesis, it's it's probably now to, to see what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a gold bull, a gold bug. I'm a gold bull for sure for all kinds of fundamental macro reasons. I think having to do with you know fundamentals of demand and supply. You don't have to be a conspiracy theorist and make a pretty bullish case for gold. Uh, you know, there's some people who, who who have all sorts of crazy theories that that you know that result in uh, you know <clears throat> extremely high gold price and Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, but but you just don't need to invoke those to make a very strong bullish case for, for gold. I mean, just look at where the dollar is, look where inflation is, look where 
or, or isn't, but is going to be. Look where the stimulus is. Look, look what's happening in gold supply. I mean, all of those things are, are bullish for gold across the board. So you're, you're the, the chairman and a major investor of Equinox, a gold producer. You're a big shareholder in several smaller gold exploration companies. Are you buying physical gold right now? Are you deploying, are you deploying more capital into the space? No, I've never been a holder of physical gold ever. I mean, all my, my leverage to gold is in the, is in the, uh, the businesses that I own that, that produce gold or export for gold. And in those companies, you know, combined, there's, there's tens of millions of ounces in the ground. It gives me massive, massive leverage. Uh, the combined production between Equinox and, and Pan American right now of gold alone is more than 1.2 million ounces a year. So, you know, that's incredible leverage on the income side and incredible leverage through the reserves of those companies to the, on the capital side. So, you know, that's, that's as good as I could ever get from physical gold. And, and quite frankly, it's cheaper to buy the gold equities than it is to buy physical gold, much cheaper. Mm -hmm. And if you have a bullish case for gold, you're actually going to make a lot more money, particularly today. Today is, uh, is and everything's on sale. It's a wonderful time to be buying gold equities. Uh, you're going to see higher moves percentage-wise in the equities than you, are, than you will in bullion if we have a higher, higher price. Of course, if the gold price goes down, the flip side happens too. And the, the, nobody buys a gold stock who doesn't believe in higher gold prices. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So, Ross, before you were you know, known for gold and Equinox, you were well known for copper. Do you think uh, the stimulus spending that is likely going to occur after we're out the other side of this crisis does that start to make copper and maybe some of the other base metals a more attractive place to be? Uh, nothing is more attractive than gold right now. And second, I would say silver. Third, I would say copper. Copper is a very, very good metal to be in over the long term. Uh, and it will be affected positively by any stimulus that comes back, a sentiment change that, that people are getting back to business. It won't happen for a few weeks, I don't think. But boy, when it happens globally, it's going to you're going to see quite a nice recovery. This is going to be a U-shaped recovery. It's not a, not a V by any means. We're at the bottom of the U right now. And I, nobody knows how long it's going to last because I think the biggest concern I have is actually in the U.S. right now, what's going to happen to that market. And, and uh, U.S. is such a powerful driver of the global economy that it will have an impact if the U.S. You know, continues to sort of spiral into, into more and more of a lockdown. Uh, to, uh, to, to protect its, its people um, or more chaos, quite frankly. So all of those things uh, have an impact on how long this is going to last. It may be two weeks, it may be two months, it may be longer. We don't know. Um, yeah. My bet would be on a couple of months though. And at that point, you're going to see, I think, a very amazing recovery um, for a while. I mean, the whole recovery is based on kind of, you know, phony money. It's based on governments printing money and going into more and more debt. And, and that's, to me, that's not a very sustainable situation for any government, but it's definitely a proven way to get out of these crises and kind of get things going again. It'll, it'll, it'll get things going again, but to what end? That's, that's a bigger question, I think. And that's where I have very safe, uh, uh, I have a very safe hedge uh, from that kind of situation in, in the gold holdings that I have. Yeah, we, we talked in depth about this uh, with Rick Rule the other day, as you might imagine, and this is a, a, sure. a favorite topic of his. But, you know, it is, uh, I don't know how to best say it, but 
it is concerning sort of how long they can keep the house of cards growing and stacked on top of each other. And I guess, you know, your, your advice would be the same for that, which is owning gold and, and being in safe investments like that and probably out of the general market at this time, I would guess. Yeah, of course. Uh, You know, the safe is, and of course, from an investor standpoint, uh, your gains are going to be proportionate to the risk you take the higher risk companies, the higher returns, if as and when things turn around. I mean, if you think metals producing companies, gold and silver producing companies are, are hurt, uh, they are, that's just a fraction of the damage that's been done to the junior space, which a lot of these smaller companies are just trading on, 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 on thin air now. Uh, if you really want to make money, you buy down market as well into solid, well-run, good, companies that have enough cash to survive and great prospects. And there's a whole bunch of those companies around right now that are just trading at, at fractions of their net asset value. And they'll have a wonderful run as well when the sentiment changes here and we get uh, into a better gold market. The safest are the producing companies. Producing companies are still trading for one times net asset value, maybe on average, maybe 1.2. Uh, but the juniors are trading for 0.1 better than you will on the, the, the producing companies. All right, Ross. Well, I know you got a lot going on, so I won't take up much more of your time. But not that much today. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose things are probably a little got? slower, a little slower than usual. Um, is there any kind of advice or thoughts you would leave investors with that you think people should be considering right now and not just investors, anyone listening to this? Yeah. You know, I made a a huge amount in the last cycle by buying when everybody was selling, uh, particularly in sort of the January, February, March, 2009 period when, you know, I was so fortunate to have some, some cash around in those days. And I, yes, I'd been beaten up with lots of investments I had, but I, I just basically backed up the truck and I bought a huge amount of stuff uh, with the, the bigger companies, companies like tech, uh, first quantum, those kind of companies that were just solid, massive growth prospects, making lots of money and reasonable financial shit. They weren't going to go bankrupt. Investors thought they would because they thought everything was going to fall apart, but they were just great companies and they still are today. So uh, it's very hard to do it, but you know, the old maxim, buy when everyone's selling and sell when everyone's buying is absolutely true. I don't know if today's the bottom or yesterday was the bottom or tomorrow's going to be the bottom. Nobody knows, but we certainly know it's not the top and it is just an awesome time to be buying stocks today that have good value, solid prospects. Uh, You can take whatever risk threshold you want. Uh, You don't need to take a lot of risk. Um, those companies will still be around, you know, three or four months from now, but there really are some wonderful, wonderful buys in the market right now. When things are on sale, that's when you want to be buying. And, uh, and uh, that's today. So I, I, I wish your listeners success in this. Uh, hard to do, but it's, it's the time is now to step in. Yeah, well, about a week or so ago, we we wrote an article about that old, I think Rothschild maxim, you know, buy while there's blood in the streets. And I think I, I can't think of in my life a better uh, yeah. example of that than right now. And it's really hard to do, I think, for, for me, for most people to sort of psychologically get yourself 
around that and see it as an opportunity and not a, you know, to fight the fear of hoarding everything you can. But well, I think there, there's, that- there's exceptions to that. And I will say one exception is the oil and gas stocks. The oil and gas stocks have been completely crushed. Yeah. Uh, you've got this war going on between Saudis, Russia, United States shale producers. And, uh, and then you have tremendous amount of demand erosion uh, with uh, airlines not flying, companies not producing, people not driving their cars around. Like it's just, it, in my lifetime, I've never seen anything like it. Nobody has. This is a complete yeah. one-off in, in all of our lifetimes. So I wouldn't go there because that's, that's likely to last for quite a while. Uh, demand will come back to some modest degree when the airplanes start flying again. But, you know, uh, there's too much oil being produced. That's very bad for prices. And, um, you know, I don't see that changing for quite a while. So I just don't see those fundamentals returning. So I would not buy energy stocks. doesn't matter how cheap they are. But I would tend to buy the gold and silver stocks because those are cheap and they will go up. I'm absolutely 100% certain. And then the in the metal stocks, that's all I can really talk about. In the metal stocks, you know, the, the solid uh, large caps like tech and so on, they're very low risk investments. All right, Ross, I don't think we're going to find a better place to end it than that. So thank you very much for taking the time. Okay, my pleasure. All right, have a good day. Thank you.